Romans chapter 8, starting with uh, verse 35. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we're all killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able, somebody say, shall be able, to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to come back to that, Brother Ron. I want you to keep that up, that initial verse for after a while. Verse 35. I don't want to read. One more verse, you don't have to turn there, put it up there. It's Galatians 2. For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. To... One writer here, I had another scripture I was going to read and make it two writers. The one I've read here tonight or today is Paul speaking to the Romans and then again to the church at Galatia. And there is an undercurrent, an underlining factor that Paul speaks of, but it's almost, we read it, and especially in this hour, we talk about the love of God so freely. there, there's, there's a deeper meaning to that love of God. And I feel the Holy Ghost wants to share that with us today. I want you to lift your hands one more time and just ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, you are so good. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the confirming manifestation of your presence that I feel here this morning. And I pray, God, let your word go forth with a clarity and understanding. God, speak to us today in the name of Jesus. I bind out in unbelief. And God, I ask you today, let the healing power of your word begin to heal the mind and emotion. In the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today. And the thought that came to me was nothing shall separate you. Nothing shall separate you. Now, if I was evangelizing I would have titled this different. I would have titled it the one thing that can separate you from him. Because there's a list here in Romans of all the things that cannot. But there's one in that list that's not there that can. And that's why I said if I was evangelizing or in another church and preaching it evangelistically, it would be the one thing that can is sin. Sin can separate you from the love of God. But today, I want to talk to you about nothing that can. 
Paul in his writings uh, should be admired because Paul uh, and, and, and all of the men, I don't try to, to play favorites, though I've got my favorites. Uh, these men were men just like you and I. And where I find so much strength over and over, I remind myself daily that there was nothing, uh, they were the apostles, and the, I get that element of spiritual formation, and uh, they they being the cornerstone, or Christ the cornerstone, and they're the building blocks upon the church was built. But outside of that, they were men, human. There was no supernatural uh, other than the Holy Ghost in them, before that they were just regular men, workers, tent makers, fishermen, businessmen, tax collectors, having regular occupations. But yet, in all of their doings, they maintained a freshness in their walk with God. It never, you can read it in Paul, he never he had his battles. He had his down days. He had his struggles, Brother Darrell. And he alludes to these things. And I'll touch on them here in a little bit. But he, he, he had the struggle. But yet somewhere in Paul's struggle, he always maintained the exuberance and excitement for living for God. He never lost it. And I, and I see it. Uh, we've seen it over the years and in just Christianity or, or, or church or uh, tradition. And you, you got your select few that, 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 that maintain it. But then there's another element there. It just becomes humdrum. It just becomes a, a thing I do. And, and, and I've used this so many times. But it's just so fitting about the... I use it at the, at the home going at Brother Bushnell the other day again about the tabernacle and how the children of Israel surrounded the tabernacle and their door of the tent pointed to the glory. There was a reason God told them to do that. Because in the morning when you wake up, the first thing you see is God and your direction is God. And See, God knew the element of humanity. But yet He knew there was another component of humanity or a revelation of their humanity that they had to get. And that was His love for them. And I've watched it. I've watched it through the years of people that, 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 that maintain it. I, uh, Brother Bushnell, Carol Bushnell, I refer to him and others. What, what I see is a common thread in many of them at the closing of their days is they had a revelation, a confidence, and an understanding that nothing shall separate me from his love. You say, well, that's, that's, that's really not very uh, deep or that's not really, that's something I already know, but that's what I'm saying. You push back what you think you know and let's dig it now just a little bit deeper. What Paul was trying to tell us in Romans is when you and I face it, it's not your faith. It's your ability to know He loves me. It's the ability to know that no matter what happens, it's a revelation that can only come by you and I walking with Him every day. You remember the writer, he said, perfect, John said it, perfect fear, perfect love casteth out all fear. Verse John 4. What was he saying? 
perfect love casteth out all fear. I, I have a proposition for somebody today. The opposite of faith or the opposite of fear is not faith. It's love. Perfect love casteth out fear. Not perfect faith. Why? Because my faith is in a growing state. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So I'm in a perpetual. But love is forever settled. When you and I understand God loves me. And he'll never let me. That's not my faith. That's a resounding decision. God loves me regardless. Oh, where's my daddies and your kids? When your boy acts crazy. Mine ain't here. And he acts crazy. My love for him does not change. I might not like him. I may want to wring his neck and say, why did you do that? But my love for him, see, it's almost like an unspoken bond. It don't change. There ain't nothing ever going to change between your love and them boys, regardless of how they act. Regardless of how my my boy, my it's uncommunicated. It's something that just kind of comes from within, that just kind of moves. When they're in their darkest hour and they do their greatest mistake, I might not like what they've done, I might not approve of what they've done, and I'm going to tell them that I don't like what you did. But my love is always going to be there as a daddy. Now let's take that to God. If you got the same feeling for your son and daughter, what makes you and I think that God don't have that feeling for you and I? You make your greatest blunder. God says I still love him you say the wrong thing God says I still love him you make the greatest mistake God says I still love them we have not we say we have but we have not sounded the depths of the true love that God has for you and I even today I'm making my best attempt to try to expound upon. You say, well, Ben, while you're telling this to somebody that I already believe God loves me. Yeah, but here's the thing. If Paul went through what he went through and had to tell the Roman church, they ain't none of you and I have been through shipwreck four times. They ain't none of you and I have been beat like he's been beat. We're facing spiritual persecution like we have never faced before. It might not be in the natural, but it's in the spiritual. So if there's ever a time for you and I to look at the message of the love of God and nothing's going to separate me from it, then I need to make sure I understand what the love of God is. And the best equation or the best thing I can give you is this. If you have a natural love for that son and daughter, that that God has for you and I is about a hundred times greater than you and I even have for our son and daughter. So I propose today that the opposite of fear is not faith. The opposite of fear is perfect love. Because faith didn't cast it out. My love or my understanding of how much God loves me is what dispelled the fear.
think about it, folks, and I relate it back to how we are as a child. When you were young and you had your daddy around and you knew I needed help or I need, it seemed like dad could just kind of always make it better. Right, Brother Keith? Dad could just always make it better. No matter how you, forget all the bad memories. What about the times he did it right? Do you see how our love, how God loves us, has been convoluted, it has been watered down because our approach with our natural father has been so messed up and so, I got a daddy that's unaffectionate. I got a daddy that beat me. I got a daddy that just mistreated me. I got a daddy that never told me he loved me. I got a daddy that was never around. I got a daddy that was never drunk. Do you see if you were a good devil? How you would mess up the family? Because if he can mess up your natural relationship with your daddy, he just messed up the the relationship with your heavenly father. And God's trying to get through because we're in an hour where I've spoke faith. In the name of Jesus, go. And he didn't go, Brother Larry. Fear came, doubt came, worry came, anxiety came. Sickness came. My faith didn't move it. Come on, somebody. My faith didn't. I'm trying to help you because you and I get this mindset. I got to be full of faith. Yeah, we need to strive to be full of faith. The more word we give, the more faith we're going to have. But outside of that, your faith ain't always going to be perfect. It's perfect love that's going to help you and I. A love that I understand, not my even... Not even your love to him. Because your love to him is still skewed. Because we come from our own definition of what love is. And he comes from the purest definition of what love is. And how you view love is to him, it still don't measure to how great his love is for you and I. And how expanding his love is for you and I. That's why it's so hard for us as the church when somebody makes a mistake. It's hard for us to let go and forgive when God say, I forgave him. Why? Because my love is eternal. My love does not change. I'm going to love them. The only thing that can separate them is their sin against me. But if there's no sin, it doesn't matter what they think. My love will ever present be with him. That's why I can mess up. I'm not giving license. I think you know by my preaching. I'm not giving license for you and I to live how we want. But I am helping somebody to understand you ain't got to be perfect. You strive. Perfect love, the word perfect. It means mature. It means, that's why Paul said when I was a child, I spake as a child. But when I became a man, I understood some things. Go read 1 Corinthians 13, 14. What he's trying to say is I understood that when I get an understanding of how much God really does love me, not just care for me, but how much God loves me, it's the weapon I need to get through persecution, to get through peril, to get through the hardships of life. If you and I ever get the understanding, I make it through the hard times by one element. I know God's love is greater than any battle I may face. I know his love is stronger than any struggle I may face. 
perfect love. A love that comes to the age of adulthood and says, God loves me and God's going to help me. He might not condone maybe my decision, but his love don't ever, ever change. Paul said, who shall separate us from the love? I love how he starts it. (laughs) Oh, we're going to have fun today. He didn't say what. He said who. Has anybody caught up with me yet? Who? The biggest struggle Paul faced was people. People. People just know how to get under your skin. Oh, come on, you guys. Y'all hang with me today. I hear a rat, ratty nice. They just know. Forget the fact that our personality just ain't compatible. What about just that one that's malicious? What about that one that just, they were born a snake and they're going to be a snake till they die? Ain't that right? And I can pray. God help them. I forgave them seven times seven. Seventy-seven. I don't know how long it is. I forget. Just a lot. God bless them. Help them. Pray for your enemies. God, I'm doing what you said. See, you've got to understand what's happening. The enemy. Not in the people. It might not be the devil. But the enemy's using that situation to try to separate you. Why? If he can get you to sin. If he can get you. See, nothing can separate you from the love of God, which keeps you in God's economy and God's supernatural power working in your life. But if a who can show up, At the wrong time. And just be malicious. I just, I don't mean to say it, but I seen it, Brother Daryl. I mean, just mean. I'm like, who was your daddy, Adolf Hitler? But you see, what did they go through? Their daddy might have been a hard man. Abused and beat. Folks, we're in an hour now. I can't just preach a, a normal sermon because I got people under the sound of my voice today. They've been sexually abused, physically abused, mentally abused. They got daddies that have mistreated. And I know that was even back in the 60s, but not like today. And now we got a generation coming up of young couples. They, they don't, I'm a daddy. What, 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 what your boys and my, what I had. That's a foreign thing now, Brother Don. That's not a, that's just. Paul's trying to show you and I from the very beginning there's going to be a who that's going to try. 
to pull you away and separate you from the fact that God here's the one we're hearing right now man if God really was all what y'all say he is powerful, strong, a healer, a savior, a deliverer a mighty God, a revival giver a, then surely none of this could happen I said it in the beginning I'll say it again God runs his business different than what we think he should and you and my struggle right now is this Can I hold to the fact that God loves me regardless of the valley I'm in? Let him run his business. John picked up on it. That's what John said when he was in prison. Remember when John was in prison about to get beheaded? John the Baptist I'm talking about. He's in the prison. And what did he say? Go find out. Is the lame walking and the deaf hearing and da 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 Go find out for me because John's in prison about to lose his head by Herod. And John needed a little affirmation from the Lord that, hey, you are what even John the Baptist struggled in the love of God. God, if I'm done your job and I've been faithful, then why do I go through? Why is my head being taken off when I've done everything right? Now you think about John. John did it perfect. I don't know what he did on the outside or behind closed doors if he. But in everything I find in Scripture, John was a man that followed the orders to the T. And even he struggled. Get a message to Jesus and ask him Are you really? And the response of Jesus, I love it. Woe unto him that is not offended in me. The translation for that is this. Tell John, let me run my business like I deemed to run it. And just keep marching. You see, we look at this Jesus thing and see how our love. Well, that's hard, Jesus. Come save him. Jesus said no. That doesn't mean his love for John was any less. It means his love for John was actually greater because he had enough confidence in John that John would lose his soul and salvation at the end when it was critical. A test of the fact that I know he loves me is when God don't follow through or do like you and I want him to do. When he don't come through like I knew he would, I just knew That wasn't going to happen. And it happened, Brother Larry. My love, a revelation of his love for me kicks in. Not my love for him. My love, or my understanding of his love for me kicks in and says, God, you would have never allowed this to happen if it was meant to destroy me. It was meant for me to understand how great your love is for me. These struggles that you and I go through, they're not there to destroy. The people that come into our life that we don't understand, why doesn't God, I said it like this, God forgive me, sorry you folks, if you think bad of me after this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Why does the good die but he leaves the, the evil. 
How are you going to take Brother Carol? Let him live to 150. I can think of three more others you could take. Oh, don't act like you don't think that either. Come on, y'all be honest. I could think of a few more that, Lord, if you wanted to, you know what? You could let them go ahead and slip off. You ain't going to save them. Maybe let's be done. But let the good ones stay. See, God don't do it like we think. And you and I got to have enough confidence in God and his love for me to know, God, you love me. See, that's why I said I'm, I'm trying to impart a revelation, Brother Larry. And my words are failing me this morning. It's only got by perception and living for him. You got it. You got it. And many got it. But it's more than just a message that I preach here this morning. So I said it this morning. I'm not giving you some homiletical dissertation. I'm trying to give you something that he deposited in my spirit. And he would deposit it in you. Because tomorrow you're going to walk in valleys you've never walked in before. And your faith is not going to move you out. But the love that he has for you will get you through. When they come, or the who. I can look at the who and not rail back in anger. Not let it make me bitter. When the who comes, I can look at them and not become resentful and hateful right back. Because I know his love for me is there. God's got love for them even in that state. Paul had that revelation. And then he goes into tribulation. He ain't talking about end time tribulation. He's talking about tribulation now. He was talking to a Roman church that people were knocking on the door ready to take them out to be executed. We haven't seen that kind of tribulation. We're dealing with tribulation in our minds and spirit and the supernatural and the spirit world. That's the tribulation we face. The bombardment on our homes and our families and our children. And Paul said, I got a cure for that. I got a cure for distress. He could have just left the dick off and just said stress. Stress. I got a cure. Stress cannot separate you from him. Persecution. Famine. We ain't seen famine. From the looks of us, we ain't seen that one yet. We hanging in there. Naked? We ain't seen that either. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Peril? Sore. You know what sore he's talking about? He's talking about violence. Do you not see the same thing today? The violence in the world? Next verse. The anger? For it's written. It's interesting how Paul slips this in. Here's what he's trying to say. Paul goes all the way back to the Old Testament and he pulls Psalms 44, David. And he, he quotes David's stress or David's situation. It was to the prophetically to the church is what that Psalms 44 was. He was speaking of what was coming down the road, the words. He said, for thy sake we're killed all the day long. Folks, Maybe it's just me 
But that sounds so morbid. I mean, really, let's think about it. We're just counting the sheep, just ready to be killed. That's not what he was meaning. What he meant in that scripture in Psalms, and Paul's trying to show you and I is this. They did not count their life. They weren't, they weren't looking for death. They weren't looking for some uh, kamikaze religion where you got to crash your plane and, and you're going to live by the side of Buddha. That's not what Paul was talking about. What Paul was saying was is they did not count their own lives. They weren't looking for death. But if death came, they knew God is still with me. And God's going to help me through whatever I face. Next verse. In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him. What he's saying in this verse is, you and I conquer when we get the revelation of his love for us. My victory is determined by me settling it once and for all. He loves me. He loves me regardless. We think we got to be perfect and good. Paul said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I stood while they threw Stephen's bloody coat at my feet and I could have stopped it. But I can't let what I didn't do rob me from the love that I know he gives me every day. If I cut that line off and become jaded in my relationship with him, my love is not perfect, his is. But if I can get that perfect love coming to me and an understanding of that perfect love coming to me, then when I face the difficulty, I can remind myself that God is going to bring me through and not only bring me through, but I conquer. It's another story almost inside of itself. I'll come back maybe talk about the conquering spirit. That's where he's trying. Paul had it. But the ingredient to it was a love that was revealed to Paul by God. Next verse. For I am persuaded. Persuaded. No wavering, no backing down, ultimately determined in your mind, spirit and heart. Nothing is going to change my mind. It's the one time you get to be stubborn. A made up mind that says, I'm persuaded that nothing's going to change my mind in what I know. And what I find today in this hour is a fickleness of mind. The miracles we don't see, Brother Darrell, and the victories we want to see is real simple. We're double-minded and fickle in our minds. But if you're ever persuaded, if I'm ever persuaded, I can look at a lion in a lion's den and know I'm coming out. 
I can look at a storm on the hem of a, on the bow of a ship and it doesn't matter if it's a category 5 or a category 4. I'm going to be okay because I know nothing is going to separate me from him. It doesn't matter how great COVID. See, COVID, I don't mean to beat a dead dog. But it separated us. It separated the church. It separated people. This election has separated people. Families are at odds. And really the cure to it all is perfect love. Cast it out all fear. Perfect love causes it all to go away. In you. And in I, Paul said, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, angels, principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Notice he didn't mention past. Sin ain't there, and his past ain't there. Because Paul knew, if I let my past, and I let sin enter the picture, It'll separate me from the love that's there. Next verse. Nor height, nor depth. I love that one. Because it speaks to people, really not just me, but all of us. We're emotional. I got highs, Brother Langley. And then I got lows. We don't want to tell nobody. We keep it in real good as men. But we got highs and we got lows. We don't tell nobody. But here's what he's trying to say. Even in the highs and the lows, the down days and the good days, nothing can separate you from his love. When you're having the worst days, Sister Kim, Sister Juanita, when you're down at your lowest, his love comes in and goes, it's okay, boy. I got you. And when you're high, he goes, I still got you there because I don't want you to think too much of yourself. Highs and lows. His love goes to both. <laughs> Nor any other creature. He even covered your dog. He covered everything. Paul filled every blank and said, shall be able to separate you from the love of God. David said it like that. Leave that there. David said it like this. He said, I sought the Lord. Psalms 34. And, uh, verse 11 maybe. He said, I sought the Lord. He heard me. And he delivered me of my fear. I've read that for years, Brother Ron. Fear. And here's what I've actually said. See, David came in fear. But now add that other scripture. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Let me tell you. Here's what David was going through in that moment. David had just come before Abimelech. He was before Agag, the Philistine king. And he's standing before him and he's about to take his life. And David changed his behavior before the king. David wrote the words, I sought the Lord, he heard me, and he delivered me of my fear. Here's what David was saying. I was scared to death in front of Agag. 
Faith was not in the picture. Fear was in control. But David said, I sought him. How? I knew he loved me. And because I know he loves me, my faith is failing me and fear is kicking in wide open but my revelation of how much he loves me sister Katie is saying it don't matter what Agag does it don't matter if I come through this it doesn't matter if I make it out or I stay here and die there's one thing I know his love for me never changes and if I can hang on to the love that he has for me I can make it through persecution I can make it through calamity I can make it through stress or distress I can make it through fear I can make it through a hurricane I can make it through COVID I can make it through loss I can make it through distress I can make it through trouble I can make it through sickness you can make it through anything if you and I understand his love for you never fails and it never stops reaching never wish somebody just hear me today whatever it is you've done or the who has done to you I beg you today in the name of the Lord let the love of God take away your fear Your anger, your bitterness, your hardship, your struggle. I close. Musicians, y'all come and just kind of get ready. Landing gears down. Brother Bushnell, these things I say, these are things God's given me. So forgive me for my repetitiveness. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but you know what? You know, sometimes repeats are good. But here's the thing that he gave me a long time ago. When you and I pray, I come in, I enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's courts of praise. God, I thank you. I praise you. I worship you. There's a reason David said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Because David knew That before that man, that priest could ever enter into, there had to be the application of oil to him before he could enter in. And what David was trying to say was this. God, I enter in with thanksgiving and praise for one reason. That the oil begins to flow. Now, literally, there's not oil. The Spirit speaks of, symbolically, of oil. That when the Spirit of God begins to move, it begins to flow. It's been typified or symbolic in the Word of God as oil moving. So here's what David's saying. I've been before Agag. I've been before Doeg. These are all men that hurt David countless times. I was betrayed by Ahimelech the high priest. I was let down by my daddy. I was let down by my brothers. Somebody please hear me in the Holy Ghost today. You've been let down by them all. And David was let down by them all. But he never let his love or God's love for him stop him 
from the presence of God. And David said, all of these things have come against me. But if I enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise, that oil will begin to flow. Now here's what God gave me. Oil speaks of something that softens. If you take oil and calloused hands, what do you do with calloused hands? You put lotion and all. You're trying to soften them. Think about the heart, folks. And I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I, I hope you're not just discounting this as just a normal Sunday morning. I've never preached this like this. God's reaching for somebody right now where the heart has been hard. The heart has been bitter. The heart has been resentful. The heart is looking at the wrong that has gotten by. And it seemed like that, that nothing's being done to them for what they did to me. That was David. But he said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Why? Because if I can get the oil of God's spirit moving over me, the hard places of my mind, the hard places of my heart, the hard places of my emotions can be made soft. There's an anointing God puts on a preacher. And then there's an anointing when God puts it on a people. The anointing on the preacher is good, but it can only go so far. And what God is after in this end time hour is an anointing on the pulpit, but an anointing on the people of God. Because when you get a twofold anointing on the congregation and the people, David said it like this, let, if God had not been on my side, verse two said, but now let Israel say, if God had not been, it's one revelation when you know God's on that side, but it's another revelation when God gives it to us as a congregation. God is moving us to a place where there's a flow of his spirit like it's never been before and where people that have been through abuse and these things that we thought they would never make it through there's a fresh oil and that oil wants to soften the heart soften the mind that the presence of God can show them can show them my love for you. Never. That's why it's such a beautiful message for the backslider. Not all backsliders are going to make it home. I'm going to believe for every one of them, but not everyone's going to make it home, Brother Mark can tell. They determine, and my prayers for them may can determine. But my heart for the backslider remains the same. That if that oil can touch that heart and soften that heart one more time, that whatever caused them to leave the church will cause them to come back to the church again. And they can have what was there all along. God's love never changed. They'll pick up right where they left off and His love will heal them, restore them, and build them back. Stand with me. He closed it and said, Nothing shall be able to separate us. Paul knew. John knew. Peter knew. David knew. The component that will keep you in the presence of God is you and I being persuaded God loves me no matter what. No matter what.
biggest struggle I see in this hour, or one of the biggest struggles I see, is not in the love of God reaching. It's in our own assessment of ourselves, or what our daddy or mama or family, and we blame it on everybody. If we could just look at it and say, you know what? It didn't work out like I wanted. But I'm not going to let it separate me from what God has for me. Hey, what about my kids? Do you realize if I made the decision, if I, if I chose today to walk out on God and backslide, this is what people don't, don't, they don't get. Your decision in the moment. It's okay. Get upset. Get frustrated. I get it. Just don't stop coming. That's why I tell new converts. Dale, I don't care what you do. If you mess up tomorrow, you pick up that phone and you call him or you call me. Don't let it stop you. Don't let a who. Don't let a what. Don't let a star stop you because of God's love doesn't stop. But when, I, when you walk out that door, your kids are affected. Well, but my mama, she just was a mean old hag. She just beat us and hurt us and Somebody's got to stop the perpetual cycle. You be that mark of faith that says, I'm not going to let what they did to me rob my kids of an experience with God. And then when they come back, they're having a deal. I preached it saying, come back and God will help you with the baggage. He will. But you still got the baggage. Don't let it come to that. I preach to the saints of God here tonight, today. Stay in the love of God. I'll come back, teach on the other side of that coin because one is His love to you. But the next one we're going to talk about is my love to Him. Lift your hands right now and let's talk to Him today. God, I thank you today for the love I feel in this place. I feel like a blanket just wrapping itself around. People here today are sick in their body. They need a touch. They need hope. They need encouragement. I feel your love right now touching their troubled heart and their mind right now. Come on, somebody. You're struggling on your job. You got job issues. This message right here is your answer. It's your answer. The love of God's going to keep you. The love. Don't let fear come in. The love of God's going to keep you. The love of God's going to bring you through the money, the job, the finances. The love of God's going to bring you through. Come on, talk to him for a moment right now as they get ready to sing. I open these altars right now. I think it'd be good. Be safe. But if you want to come to these altars, I open it to you. Just come and talk to him right now as a family. Let's just love him right now.